me a huckleberry. My neck, my back, my pussy and my crack. I said my neck, my back, my pussy and my crack. (laughs) What the fuck is up, everybody? Good to fucking see you virtually. You are here for the fourth episode of Barely Made It, baby. With me, Gerard, the J-Rod Silva. How the fuck are you doing today? Being locked up in your house or possibly going out. I don't know. Whatever one you choose to do, be safe, you know? If you choose to go out shopping, wrap yourself in saran wrap like a fucking condom, baby. Poke a little hole in the mouth and put on a fucking gas mask. That's what you gotta do. Hey, look, I can see some old people walking outside right now at my window. They're taking a little stroll. They'll take, they're taking a corona stroll. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh, here comes another person walking a dog, you know? Just fucking... Oh, I know this chick. So this chick outside right now who is uh, currently walking her dog, possibly letting it fucking piss or shit on my lawn because that's how she is. She's she's like this crazy old fucking bitch, right? She's probably, she's not like ancient, but she's, let's say, uh, I don't know, like really late 50s, possibly early 60s. You know, she's she's like that and she's this nosy fucking bitch. She's like the nosy bitch of the neighborhood, and then also what she does is she will park in front of your house if you have an open, you know, line to your fucking Wi-Fi, and she'll use your fucking Wi-Fi. Like, apparently she must not have the fucking internet at her fucking house or some shit, because this bitch, I, I constantly see her just trying to steal shit from everybody else. You know, I have my shit on lockdown, and actually she does it in her fucking gray van, right? She drives a gray... Uh, it's like a minivan SUV, right? And so I actually labeled, I have two Wi-Fis. I have, you know, one that's the Comcast box, and then I have the other that's the uh, Netgear fucking gaming speed fucking on crack uh, Wi-Fi router, right? So two Wi-Fi routers, and one of them is labeled, like literally the name on it is old crazy bitch in gray van go away. So when she comes around my shit and she tries to log on to anybody's shit, she's going to see it. And I hope that she likes it. I hope that she fucking, you know, really loves the fact that I, I labeled her on my fucking Wi-Fi router, dude. My my Wi-Fi router name got named for her because I, I continuously fucking see her stealing people's shit or running off of their shit. Go away, bitch. And fucking parking in front of people's fucking houses anyways, that's weird shit, okay? Nobody wants to see you fucking parked in front of their fucking house just sitting on your fucking phone, dude. That is, that's weird, okay? I don't want to see it. None of the neighbors want to see it. Nobody likes you. Fucking go home. Okay? Around the corner. Yeah, she's, she's fucking weird. So I'm just sitting here today. You know, doing this little podcast because I, I figured, what the fuck else is there to do? And in all honesty, I, I really want to get this podcast on the ball, dude. And with like three episodes, it's it's not, you know, got a lot to listen to for the people that are, are new to the podcast. And anybody who's new to the podcast, yo, what is up, baby? I appreciate you listening and tuning in. You know, there's not much to do right now. So, so now's the best time to take a listen to Gerard and barely made it because that's the story of my life, man. I make it, but barely. No matter what I do, no matter fucking what I do, I'm successful, but barely, baby. I barely make it. That's why this podcast is named that. None of you ever got a a, a, a reason, but uh, there it is. It's the story of my life. Barely made it. Hey, what is Jared doing? Eh, he's barely making it. You know, like right now during the coronavirus. Hey, guess what? What is Jared doing since he's a tattoo artist and the fucking shop is closed down and, uh, you know, fucking nobody's getting tattooed? Oh, barely making it. You know? Come on, dude. Hey, sponsors. Sponsor this fucking podcast. It's actually going to become huge. You don't even know, okay? I want this podcast to become huger than my fucking dick, and and that's that's a pretty easy task. That's a pretty fucking easy task, I'll tell you that, okay? My wife knows. She'll tell you. She'll be like, oh, I love his penis, but she's lying, okay? She loves me. You don't got to love the, the person's dick to love somebody, but she loves me enough to where, you know, my dick means something to her. 
Thank goodness. That's a that's hard to find in my line of work. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to start selling my ass pretty soon. That's it. I'm going on a chatterbait. You guys want to see me in in live person? Fuck doing a YouTube podcast. I'm going on chatterbait, baby. Micro penis section. Let's do it. Come watch me. We'll have some fun. We'll play some games. We'll play some fucking penis monopoly or something like that. You know, some crazy shit, and we'll fucking. We'll, we'll make it all worthwhile, and you guys can fucking toss me tokens. You got a foot fetish, baby? I'll paint my toenails. That's it. I'm selling my ass before I go homeless because of this fucking coronavirus shit. I will, not in a gay way, okay? You can't poke my butt, but I'll put my finger in my butt first knuckle deep because that shit ain't gay, okay? First, nu- one, first knuckle deep is never gay. It just tickles a little, feels pretty good. So, you know, let, let's do it, baby. No no German shiza shit, Okay. No golden shower shit, but I'm totally cool with the foot fetish, and uh, you know we'll, we'll 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 try and get fucking you know all fucking one inches into the camera or something like that. You know I'll, I'll do something special that day. Whatever, man. You guys are like this motherfucker is desperate. Either that, <coughs> excuse, excuse me. Either that or you're like. Does this guy really have a one-inch dick? Well, you're never going to know. You're never going to know, baby. I don't care how big it is. I'll put a fucking tuxedo on it and take it to the prom, motherfucker. Okay? Leave me alone. I'm like that fucking uh, Chinese guy on, uh, uh, what's that, How High? The, the fucking good first original one because I made a part two. And I won't even watch it because that shit is going to, you know it's going to be lame, dude. It's got the dude with the fucking Kool-Aid fucking red fucking braids and fucking little uh, see-through fucking acrylic beads on it. You know what? You know who wears fucking acrylic beads in their fucking braids, dude? Like three-year-old little fucking girls, bro. Get over that shit. That shit looks fucking stupid, okay? Put some fucking coconut wood in there or something like that. That's older people, all right? Put some fucking bling in your hair. But fucking clear beads, dude? What do you do? Order them from bulk off of fucking Amazon? Yeah, lame But yeah, I ain't watching that one. But the Chinese dude from the first one, remember when he's sitting there and, and, and fucking, he's like, they're getting ready to fucking get down with the two prostitutes that they got hooked up with by, you know, Red Man and Method Man. And he's like, he looks at the chick and he's like, I have two inches hard dick for you. And she's like, I'll work with you, baby. That's me and my wife. She's like, I've worked with you for 10 years, baby. Don't even worry about it. You good. I ain't even chirping, bitch. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when I come on you? Okay, this this podcast is getting way out of hand. But that's because I'm literally fucking going insane, man. This isn't the easiest thing to deal with. This shit is like reshaping the fucking world as we know it. It is literally reshaping America as we know it. Our economy is becoming fucked. We're in a recession right now. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if this didn't fucking cause a goddamn Great Depression. And I wouldn't be surprised if this shit changed up the way America fucking operates, dude. Like, legit. Like, uh, America is a capitalist country. After this shit is finished, will it completely be a capitalist country? Will it change some shit up to where you're kind of mixing up some fucking socialism or, you know, something like that? We'll never become a communist country, but I can see us adapting to some type of socialism because this, I mean, right now, if you really fucking look at it, unfortunately, I even hate saying it, okay? I fucking hate saying it because I consider myself a conservative, but capital capitalism it's it's this it it's it's going it's oh dude it doesn't work right now bro this shit is all fucked up okay people are losing their jobs uh you know people are going to lose their homes people are going to lose their fucking cars uh, this is this is a really bad way to live right now this is i mean you know i don't even know politics i'm not smart with them none of that shit i know a little bit here and there but i do understand one thing and that when it comes to capitalism when shit like this happens, it's a fucking failure. It's it's a fucking failure, dude. And it's really scary and it's really sad. The cool thing about this is I'm seeing people come together. 
Like me and my neighbors, for instance, dude. Hey, you need anything? Oh, hey, yo, dude, are you guys doing okay? You know, like I went over to my neighbors today because the fucking garbage guys were coming and I noticed his garbage cans weren't out and dude, they got a fucking baby. So you know what? I'll bet you they got a shit ton of shitty diapers in their fucking garbage. And I was like, yo, bro, hey, I took your fucking green uh, fucking garbage can, the the yard waste one to the, to the shit, to the street because it was out in your front yard. But I didn't see your black one out there, which is your, your actual garbage. And, uh, He's he's probably on his way anytime, bro. So I was wondering, you know, if you had to take out your garbage, dude, you know? And he was like, oh, fuck yeah. Thank you so much, man. And this is something that, you know, I mean, I would already do in the past. But this is something that more people are doing now besides my other neighbors. I have neighbors to the left of me, right? Or actually, if you're facing my house, they're to the right to me. And we know them very well. But right now, they ain't helping nobody. They don't give a flying fuck pretty much. Like they they just want to be left alone and they want to leave you alone and they don't want to fucking come in contact with nobody. So they're they're the different type. They're they're the type where literally like they're super into the quarantine. Like they they give no fucks about nobody right now but themselves and their family. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that you know, they're, they're fucking assholes for doing that because really they're just looking out for themselves and, and their family's health. So it's not a bad thing. That's just, you know, there's different types of people. But what I do like seeing is there's a lot of people that are starting to fucking help each other. And they're starting to understand, like, the severity of what's going on. You know, I mean, even, you know, companies are starting to understand the severity of what's going on. Um, my landlord completely understands the severity of what's going on. You know, this is something to where nobody wants people to become homeless or jobless over this. You know, unless you're a fucking vindictive, vengeful piece of shit. But everybody, you know, wants people to not struggle. If you want somebody to struggle, if you don't care if somebody struggles and you're just, you're a fucking piece of shit human. You probably shouldn't be breathing, and I hope you fucking get the coronavirus and have respiratory problems, because if people who don't care about other people's well-being, I don't really think you're a benefit to society. I think you're a fucking asshole, because everybody that I know and surround myself with, or have known and have surrounded myself with, even my enemies, even people that have become pieces of shit in my eyes, I want nothing but the best for them. I want nothing but for them to be successful at life. I want them to be healthy. I want their family to be healthy. I want them to be successful in you know their career. Because no matter how much I dislike somebody, I would never condemn them to have a fucking horrible life. Because that's just not cool. Imagine. Imagine if you had a piece of shit life. Imagine if you were one of those homeless motherfuckers that actually like ended up homeless not because of drugs. You had no family. You had zero support. Imagine how you would fucking feel. Would you really, really want somebody to feel that? You know, would you really, really fucking actually deeply want somebody to go through that? If your answer is yes, then I don't even fucking want you listening to this podcast because you should, you know what you are? You're, you should be like Hitler in that movie Little Nicky when he's in hell and he gets to pick his fucking pineapple to shove up his ass every day. That's exactly what you should be because you're a heartless piece of shit. And nobody on this podcast that listens to podcasts and the man that makes this podcast isn't a heartless piece of shit. We're fucking lovers, baby. That's what we do here. We love. So right now, we need to fucking love everybody and we need to really focus on making sure that every single one of us is as comfortable as we can be that every single one of us are as taken care of as we can be and you don't have to do this to everybody in the world what it starts with is your community so just remember everybody that's close to you everybody that's in your neighborhood everybody that's in your immediate family these are the people that you focus on first because if we all do that just like back in the fucking old days right? Communities cared about their communities. That's how fucking cities started and shit. And they literally fucking took care of each other. So 
you got to focus on the small first. Everybody looks at this fucking huge picture and they're like, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. But you really don't have to dive in to try and save the world. What you want to do is saving the world is everybody doing the smallest fucking thing that they can do to help change things and to help keep people safe. And the first thing that you should do is you should fucking confide in your community. You should confide in your neighborhood. There's like a fucking five-mile radius, dude. Take a five-mile radius, even less. Take a two-mile radius, and that's your community. That is who you want to make sure is fucking literally, you know, being taken care of because the next community, if they do that for themselves as well, next thing you know, you got communities working together, and we can all get through this by working as as a fucking team, no matter how fucking lame and gay that shit fucking sounds, dude. You know? You got to work as a team. Fucking teamwork, dude. Like, that's what we were taught as kids. Teamwork. You think that by us playing fucking sports, by our parents putting us into football and baseball and soccer and shit like that, you think it was just because they were like, they need to learn a sport. No. It's because it taught us plenty of things. It taught us teamwork. It taught us how to deal with people. Uh, You know, basically working together with people that not only you like, but that you don't like. That not only the people that you agree with, but people that you disagree with. Like, it teaches you that no matter what, you're going to be surrounded by people that you like, dislike, agree with, disagree with, have the same opinions about shit, and disagree about shit. But you learn to love each other as a team. Basically to act as a family without having any type of blood relation. That's exactly what it is. You know, and not we don't always have to fucking go to each other's houses. That's exactly what phones are for. That's what FaceTime is for. All that shit. We can communicate on a fucking higher level than ever before when it comes to the internet and social media and make sure that we're all okay during these fucking insanely crazy times. This Honestly, this is probably one of the most stressful fucking situations I've ever dealt with in my life. And me being 40 years old, I've been through, you know, Y2K. I've been through SARS. I've been through fucking H1N1, fucking uh, the fucking West Nile virus, the fucking Mayan fucking calendar. I mean, you know, there's, I've been through so much. Dude, dude, 9-11. I watched fucking happen, dude. I watched people jump out of the fucking burning building from like 13, 20 fucking stories high to their fucking death because they didn't want to be burned to death. They would rather jump out and fucking commit suicide pretty much. I've, I have I literally witnessed all of this shit. And this shit right here, this coronavirus shit, this is probably... I, I've, I've never had to take my Klonopin every fucking day, okay? Because I take Boost Bar, right? Boost Bar is an anti-anxiety... But it's not, it's a non-narcotic and it works, you know, basically you take it after eight weeks, it gets into your system, it helps with your anxiety naturally. I've had to take my fucking Klonopin, which is basically like a Xanax, every fucking day, dude. I chewed one up before this show because I had so much anxiety from just life in general and, and fucking worrying about shit and wondering... You know, okay, well, when's my next tattoo going to be? When is the shops going to fucking open? How am I going to fucking get paid? Hey, guess what? I'm going to put a lot of fucking effort into this podcast because I believe in myself. I believe in this podcast. And I think this podcast can go far. And that's a possibility for me to actually work at home and take care of my family that way. So, yes, this is a fun thing for me. This is a hobby. But at the same time, I'm not going to discredit this as remaining just that I love doing this I seriously fucking love talking to people I've always been a very vocal person I've always had fun telling stories I've always had fun uh you know I've always loved basically having opinions and this gives me a platform to do so and because I love this so much I'm not going to sit here and say you know what I'm going to do this and I'm only going to do this for fun no I'm going to do this I'm going to do this for fun And I'm going to fucking bust my fucking ass to make this podcast more than what I ever could imagine it could become. Because I believe in myself, I believe in this podcast, and I believe in the community that we're going to build with this podcast. I believe in my listeners, I believe in every single person that comes across me. I believe that I can make your day better, I believe that we could fucking actually support each other, I believe that people will spread the word about this podcast. 
You know, that's what you can do. If you love this podcast, man, then take this podcast and fucking recommend it to as many people that you know that like or enjoy podcasts. You know, especially random podcasts, podcasts that really don't have any specific topic every week, you know, but at the same time has the same feel. You know, I already have a homie that turned on one of his fucking coworkers onto my podcast, and I am fucking grateful for that. Brian, Brian motherfucking Pinoza, dude, one of my biggest supporters, one of my homies from high school, has done nothing but support this fucking podcast as best as he can. And that's why on this episode, I'm going to fucking give this dude a goddamn shout out because he's that's that's a genuine fucking person. That's a genuine fucking friend. And anybody who wants to see somebody else succeed, I fucking love in my book. Like that, that's down as fuck. So you know what, Bri? I I fucking appreciate you, bro. And one of these days after this coronavirus shit is over with, bro, I'm going out to Las Vegas. I'm visiting you. We're going to a fucking uh, a piece of shit Raider game because they have a new stadium, even though I fucking hate the Raiders. We're going to go see the San Diego Chargers play, and you're going to fucking come with me, and we're going to chill in Vegas, and we're going to gamble, and I'm fucking always lucky when I gamble in, in casinos. I don't know why. So we're going gambling, and I'm going to win hella money, bro, and we're fucking spending it, dude. We're spending the money. I'm going to win like eight racks and we're going to spend money. I'm going to have pussy rubbed in your fucking face, dude. Clean pussy. Okay. I ain't, we ain't even going to go to a strip club. I'm just going to find some fucking awesome clean chick on the street and be like, yo, two racks to rub your pussy on his face. Boom. There you go, Bri. That's how it goes. And speaking of, uh, you know, he's actually one of the first that ordered a shirt for me. I had to change up the shirt because of the fact that the podcast was rebranded. It was restarted. So obviously, I am uh, making shirts right now. I'm making shirts in a few different styles. I got white shirts. I got black shirts. And I got tie-dye shirts, dude, that are actually uh, made by my wife and my son. And then uh, we put the decals on them and shit. So shirts will be uh, out soon. All right, he's going to get the first one. I got to make some more. Once I make about 20 shirts, I'm going to go ahead and fucking let everybody know. If you want to rock a barely made it shirt, you can go ahead and purchase one. I'll go ahead and have, you know, everything, uh, all the information on where to get one. Uh, I also have business cards and I have stickers. So with the shirts, I'm going to send out, obviously, some business cards that you guys can have pass out, uh, you know, you know, get like five of them. And then, uh, obviously, a sticker with the purchase of the fucking uh, T-shirt. And that way you can stick that bitch wherever you want to and support the fucking podcast. Because we're going full force, baby. Okay? We're going full force on this podcast. This shit is a growing like a porn star's cack, baby. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing in this bitch. My wife and kid are gone right now. They, they went to a friend's house. And uh, even though we're on like that social distancing, there's a couple friends that we really trust. My son's actually going over there. He went over there to mow her lawn, and he had a he had to do it with a fucking push mower, not no fucking gas or electric. This motherfucker went over there to to push mow this fucking this chick's fucking lawn, dude. And I'm I'm so fucking proud of him. I'm so proud of my kid for doing that. That uh, you know, when he gets home, I'm just gonna hug the shit out and be like, dude, fucking great job, bud. And he's probably going to earn a little bit of money from her. You know, that's probably why he was doing it. And that's dope as fuck because we were able to, you know, walk around and ask people back in the past, hey, uh, you know, you want your fucking lawn mowed or your or your your leaves raked, you know, for fucking five bucks? And it was me and a homie and we'd get, you know, $2.50 a piece. And now you can't even fucking do that. I don't know about other states, but in the state of California, if you're a kid and you're walking around and you're fucking asking door to door if they want their... Uh, fucking yard cut, their lawn mowed, or the the leaves raked, if the city or the police find out, they will actually fine you as a child. They will fine your parents, and they will say, he needs a worker's permit to be able to do this. But guess what? You can't get a worker's permit until you're like 15 years old. So what the fuck are 10-year-olds supposed to do? You know, you're not supposed to learn how to fucking work for money anymore because it's illegal to fucking mow people's lawns and have, you know, the IRS and the tax people not know about it because that's the whole reason. The reason why they don't want them doing it is because they're earning money 
that's non-taxable. And obviously the city, the state, and the feds want their cut. You know, have you ever realized that if you put the and IRS together, it spells theirs? What the fuck is that about, dude? Was that planned? Was that fucking planned, dude? That's some weird shit. Theirs, dude. The IRS. Theirs. Their money. Give me your shit. You're a fucking worthless petty worker. We want our penny, buddy. That's how the IRS is, man. They will come after your ass. I'm actually fucking paying off my fucking IRS fucking shit from last year's taxes. I had to fucking pay him like 200 bucks a fucking month just so I could get the fucking, you know, what I owed to them paid. I think I made my last payment this month, and I'm pretty happy about that. If not, I'm going to be pretty pissed. But they usually took out 200 and, and this time they took out like 263 So I'm wondering if they took out the remaining balance of the $63 after the 200 and and, and now it's, it's fucking good to go. Because it's been like four weeks, five weeks, so that's, you know, 800 1000 That's what I owed them. So, uh... You know, that's it's, it, the IRS is crazy, dude. They don't give a shit. But the good thing is, is if you actually contact them and you're like, yo, this is how much I can afford to fucking pay you, you know, they're, they're assholes, but they will work with you. So it's not the worst thing in the world because it's better than having your shit garnished and they take like 60% of your check and then you can't fucking live. You know, I can live from them taking $200 a month. I can be like, okay, here's $200 a month. I can still fucking pay bills. I can still survive. My rent's paid. My fucking, you know, car's paid. Uh, my cell phone fucking bill is paid, which is dramatically fucking high. By the way, Verizon, lower your fucking prices, dude. Shit is crazy. My fucking phone bill is like 350 bucks every fucking month. I need to review this shit and figure out how to make this lower because 350 a month, man, that's my fucking car payment, dude. Okay, my car payment is three fifty five a fucking month, and I pay three fifty for fucking three lines and an Apple Watch on my Verizon account. That's insane, dude. That's like buying a fucking car every month just to have fucking three phones, and and two of the phones are paid off. One of the phones, mine, the fucking eleven Max Pro, that shit, of course cost me fucking 1500 fucking dollars dude a fucking phone and i make payments on it so obviously that shit you know 52 dollar payments a month something like that that shit you know ain't gonna be paid off for a minute dude that that shit's that's all bad i can't believe that fucking 1500 dollars a thousand dollars almost two thousand five hundred dollars away from being a two thousand dollar fucking phone like that right there that's crook shit baby Remember when they used to have just the new every two and no matter what, you just fucking paid like the taxes on the fucking phone, but like you got the new phone without paying for the fucking phone because you just, you were in a two year contract. Well, now it made them illegal. They can't, that the whole reason why they changed that shit was because they did this thing to where it's illegal to have you in a fucking two, in any type of contract for a cell phone. So since they can't have you in a contract, what they did was they were like, okay, cool. We can actually make it to where you fucking can pay for this phone every month, like financed. But if you don't pay it off, not only do you have a fucking early termination fee, but you still owe the rest of the money for the fucking phone that you didn't pay. So it's like, you know, you kind of got fucked because before it was like you got the phone for free and you just paid your fucking monthly bill. Well, now you're paying your monthly bill plus you're paying the payment for any lines that you have on your account. So so they they definitely found a way to basically fuck you and your asshole with no, you know, fucking Vaseline. And that's everybody. That's Verizon. That's uh, AT&T. Um, you know, I don't count Sprint because Sprint is like the Payless shoe source of fucking the uh cellular industry they suck my asshole they're, they're such a terrible company and then you got like metro and cricket which is like the dollar store of cellular service like if you if you got you know metro or cricket it's like the guy that walks into the fucking store to buy cigarettes and he buys like the 495 pack of mavericks when cigarettes are usually eight bucks you know and you're like dude you're just smoking fucking tobacco stems bro like, you know, but hey, if that's all you can afford, then that's all you can afford, you know? What can you do, baby? What can you do? The 
the vapor, the vapor in the water. I'm going to take a drink of water. Hold on real quick. Dude, I actually had a friend hit me up. And she was like, my job is hiring. If you're struggling, my job is hiring. It ain't going to make you rich, but it will bring you a steady check. (coughs) Excuse me. And it's for a, basically a mental health care facility, right? So if I basically chose to go do this job while my tattooing was on, on hold, uh, I would be caring for the mentally ill, you know, which is crazy because I'm mentally ill. You know, I have bipolar one disorder. I'm highly medicated for it. And I'm not ashamed to fucking say it. I'm fucking cool with it, baby. Because bipolar people are cool as fuck. And when you're medicated, it makes it to where you don't have, you know, those manic fucking, you know, uh, man, you know, the mania and the depression as much. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I do pretty good with it. But being the way I am and dealing with so many people that have had mental health problems, uh, my mom, uh, both of my aunts, her sisters, mental health basically comes from my mom's side of the family because every single one of them uh, died from either fucking suicide, uh, drug overdose, or one was schizophrenic and fucking lived in a care home and fucking choked on a goddamn fucking egg. And it's like a boiled egg. So that one was like a really fucked up, like not expected type to happen shit, you know? But my mom, uh, she was a drug overdose uh, in 2008. Uh, my mom, you know, she was a pill addict uh, since I was probably about 12 or 13 years old. From about 12 or 13 years old, I had to basically become my mom's parent. And my mom became my friend. You know, my mom was always cool with me doing drugs. And, you know, as long as it was in the house, she was cool with it because she knew I was safe. Uh, we'd fucking share drugs, you know, I'd give her some cocaine. She'd give me some of her pills. Like my mom was the definition of the cool mom that everybody wanted to kick it with at the house that would let her son who was, uh, 15, 16 at the time start running the house, you know, because she couldn't run the house herself because she was she was such a fucking uh, a pill addict. And, and, and the thing was is she wasn't really into a lot of other drugs besides prescriptions. That was her drug of choice. My mom was highly into somas, which are extreme muscle relaxers. And there were times when she would take so many fucking muscle relaxers that she couldn't even stand up. I would try and pick her up and she would immediately collapse because every muscle in her body would, would just not work. And the thing that concerned me was the fact that what's the biggest muscle in your body? Well, the biggest muscle in your body is your heart. So if you take too many somas, then you could possibly fucking stop your heart. So that's when, you know, we had to take her to the the hospital. Uh, you know, she had gone through fucking rehabilitation multiple times, been in and out of fucking rehabs. Uh, you know, her, her, her choice was somas, but she took, uh, you know, hydrocodone, which is obviously Norco. She took Oxycontin. She took Xanax, basically anything that could make her feel, uh, you know, fucking good and away from what life really had to offer. She took, and so I cared for her and I dealt with her my, you know, half of my life basically. And I was the only one that wasn't really judgmental. Like my sister would always give her shit. My sister would always, you know, and God bless my sister. I love my sister, but my sister wasn't as understanding as I was because of me being an addict also. So I knew what an addict went through and I knew what my mom was dealing with. So it was easy for me to understand and be more sentimental and and thoughtful uh, in, in regards to how I approached her in the situation. And, you know, basically, we'll fast forward to when I was 28 in 2008. Uh, she she had just taken so many fucking prescriptions for so long that her liver was already weak. She had already de- just fucking destroyed her liver. And one day she decided to take like 45 different fucking pills because she was really fucking depressed and she just she didn't want to live. You know, and uh, what happened was it, it fucking put her liver into failure. Her liver was failing. Uh, her kidney her kidneys started failing. And 
I saw her in the hospital. The, the only time I got to actually talk to her was when she was in the hospital where I live, which is in Modesto, California. And she fucking looked at me and she said, Jared, I just want to die. And, you know, I was like, Mom, you don't want to say that. You know, you got a grandkid. You know, I mean, you know, you got your, your you still got me and your daughter, you know, and, and we don't want to lose you. And immediately she goes into a coma. So she, you know, I, I can't fucking talk to her anymore. And, uh, you know, they approach my sister and I because we were the, the primary care uh, you know, people, the the decisions for my mom because she wasn't married. Her and my, my dad got divorced. And uh, since she wasn't married and didn't have anybody to care for her, uh, my sister and I were the people that got to make uh, all the medical decisions. And they basically informed both of us. They said, hey, you know what? Your mom is probably not going to live unless she goes to San Francisco and has a liver transplant. And uh, I already knew, dude. I already knew uh, with the the history of the medical records that they had, with the fact that they had a history of her in and out of rehab for substance abuse, um, I already knew that with all the documentation that they had that my mom was not going to get a liver transplant. So at that point in time, me, uh, I fucking knew my mom was going to die. From from the time that they told us that, I knew my mom was going to die, and it's fucked up because I have a young, my, my sister is two years younger than me. And all I wanted to do at that point of time was to, to take care of my sister. I just wanted to make sure my sister was okay. And for the way I chose to do that was to let her make all the decisions. And I thought that that was the right thing to do, you know, because if I made any of the decisions, I would have told them, nah, fuck you. We're not flying her out to San Francisco because she's going to fucking die anyways. And I just want her to die here. So you, you do what you do. And I, I want her to die here at home in, in my hometown. But my sister, you know, she didn't want that to happen because she was like, yeah, we need to fly her out to, uh, you know, San Francisco for a liver transplant. And me being the fucking older brother, I'm not going to break my sister's heart, dude. I cannot fucking tell my sister that our mom is not going to get one. You know, it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, that's that's cool with me, sis, whatever you want to do. And so she went out to San Francisco and uh, she was, you know, still in a coma. I mean, my mom looked fucking horrible. Um, I didn't go out there every day. It was too hard for me to go out there every day. My sister actually started, I mean, this this caused a huge fucking thing between my sister and I. Because my sister was thinking that I didn't care and that I wasn't willing to help her through this because my sister was at the hospital every day making decisions, helping my mom, you know, doing whatever while I would go visit her twice a week because I couldn't stand seeing my mom fucking bloated as fuck, uh, blood coming out of her fucking ears, her skin was dramatically fucking yellow, uh, blood coming out of her mouth, blood coming out of her fucking nose. Uh, hooked up to this fucking dialysis machine that looked like a fucking frozen yogurt fucking machine, okay? And and it just, for me, I didn't want to remember my mom that way. I, I couldn't fucking see her that way. And I knew she was going to die. You know, my sister didn't. So my sister's, you know, she was sitting there thinking, you know, my mom has a fucking opportunity to live and my fucking brother isn't even fucking coming here and helping care for her. He's not fucking coming here and comforting me. He's not fucking making the effort to show up to San Francisco. You know, I mean, dude, I live an hour to an hour and 15 to an hour and a half away from San Francisco. It's not a huge drive, but it's a shitty drive. And to make that every day, I didn't want to make it when I knew what the fuck the outcome was going to be. All I wanted to do was wait it out, visit her every once in a while, wait it out. And basically when they told us that she was not eligible for a liver transplant, that the medical board had reviewed it and and basically said, nope, this is not going to fucking happen. uh, You know, I, that's when I wanted to show up because then I knew that we were going to have to make the fucking hardest decision of our lives. So that's what I did. You know, I basically remained, you know, uh, kind of ghost 
a little bit uh, here and there. Go visit my mom. And then finally, they they fucking called us in and, and they called us into the room and they said, you know what, we've the medical board has basically, you know, reviewed her documents and reviewed the case. And unfortunately, they're not going to be able to approve her for a liver transplant because of her history of drug abuse. And my sister, of course, is like berserk, you know, and then here's me. I I fucking knew it was going to happen. I knew exactly what they were going to say. And I had at at this point in time, I, 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 I couldn't cry. I, I couldn't feel sad. It was it was very odd, dude. It was the the most fucked up thing I've ever had to go through because I couldn't feel anything at that time. I was so fucking stoic because the only thing that I, I had in my head was if my sister sees me break down, then she's going to fucking lose it. And I've always been a huge protector of my sister. Huge protector of my sister. I may not be the toughest guy in the world, but the one person I care about fucking as much as I care about my wife and my kid is my fucking sister. And I've always wanted to protect her feelings. I've always wanted to protect her from harm. And at this point in time, I just wanted to protect her from feeling, from fucking feeling lost, demolished, you know, fucking conquered. So the only thing I could do is basically remain stoic as fuck. And that's when they basically told us like, hey, check this out. This is the time. You can make the decision to where we can pull the plug and you can have your mom pass peacefully or you can keep her on life support, but the insurance will no longer pay for it. And you would have to come out of pocket to keep her here on life support. And obviously, you know, everybody agreed we need to pull the plug. You know, my our mom isn't going to fucking live. And, uh, you know, even if we have her live on life support, it's she's not living. It's it's the, the machines that are creating life, not her body. And so we went in there and uh, we fucking, we, we got around her. We all stood around her bed and uh, the nurse pulled the plug and it took about 15 to 20 seconds, uh, but it was the longest 15 to 20 seconds of my life uh, because I don't know if you've ever heard anybody pass away. I don't know if you've ever heard anybody gasping for fucking air, gasping for their last breaths, okay? Like literally fucking, you hear them gasp for a breath and then two seconds they gasp for another and then five seconds they gasp for another and then 10 seconds they gasp for another and then 20 seconds they gasp for another and all of a sudden they, they're so few and far in between but they're gasps, okay? They're not like short breaths, they're fucking gasps like they're trying to hold on to their life and then you get the one that basically happens and you think that they're fucking dead. And then the last fucking one comes with like the death gurgle in their throat. And it's the worst thing to fucking experience. I wouldn't wish that shit on my worst enemy. And then the sad thing was, is I didn't like, I couldn't take hearing uh, my mom gasping for air. I was a fucking mother. I was a mama's boy, dude. I loved my mom so much. I still love my mom so much. Everything that she put me through, uh, everything that she went through, um, my mom was my best friend. My mom was the type to where when it was fucking Valentine's Day and I had a girlfriend, I would give my girlfriend a Valentine's Day present and I would be like, you know what, guess what, hold up. I got to fucking go visit my mom because my mom will always be my Valentine. And I'd give her a Valentine's Day present. And my mom would be the first one to call me at 12 in the fucking morning on my birthday. She was the first one to call me on Christmas. Uh, Jesus Christ, I fucking miss my mom, man. I'm sorry this turned sad, but, you know, I figured you guys should know a little bit about me. And uh, it was a good opportunity to tell you the story about my mom. Because regardless of what my mom 
uh, put us through. Uh, she was a wonderful woman. Like, you would never think of her as a drug addict because everybody liked her. Like, my personality came from my mom. It did not come from my dad because my dad is a likable person, but not like my mom. My mom was talkative. She could have had a podcast. If my, li- if my mom was alive right now, she'd be fucking doing a podcast with me. That's my mom. Uh, she was gorgeous. My mom was so fucking beautiful. You know, to me, she was the most beautiful woman in the world. She was the most beautiful woman I I, I will ever lay eyes on. And uh, I fucking miss her. And no matter what she put us through, uh, I I never found her to be a bad mom. Uh, She took care of us. She made sure that dinner was cooked. She fucking fed us. Uh, No matter what types of drugs she was on, she made sure her kids were her first, first priority. That was always the case. She made sure that her grandkid was a priority no matter what. Uh, she wasn't a bad woman at all. And that's, you know, sometimes it's unfortunate, but we we look at these people that take drugs and we look at these people who are addicts and we automatically think of them as bad people. And I think most of the time that's done through the people who have never experienced addiction or have never done drugs. But in reality, drugs can take hold. Addiction can take hold of the most unlikely people, man. And all because there's people that have done drugs. I've done drugs. I've been addicted to plenty of drugs. I have an I have an addictive personality. I am an addict, and I know that. I just don't do drugs anymore. But you know what? I've done plenty of fucking drugs, and I consider myself to be a very genuine and loving fucking person. And the people who don't believe that, that's okay. That's their right. You know, I'm not even gonna fucking talk shit about people who have bad opinions about me. Because people who have bad opinions about me, there's a reason they have bad opinions about me. I have given them the reason to have a bad opinion about me. You know, that's what most of us can't do is we can't acknowledge the fact that if there's people that dislike us, there's some that dislike us for no reason. Because there's some people I dislike for no reason. It's really odd. But there are some people that dislike us and they have their reasons. And the only reasons they have are the reasons we gave them. And and we have to remember that we can't we can't hate them for having the reasons that we gave them because we're responsible for that you know and this shit has gotten a little deep but now you guys know about my mom uh you know that she was an amazing person and you know how she passed away so it's been since 2008 it's been 12 years uh this year in uh September September 3rd was when she passed away, which is two days after my wife's birthday, which has made my wife's birthday very complicated over the years to the point to where I think it was after about eight years. I After eight years, I started learning how to manage life on the days that the shit affected me most. Like, for instance, uh, my mom's birthday, Christmas, my birthday the day of her death or the week of her death which would you know naturally spoil my fucking wife's birthday which is horrible you know no matter what happens to you in life you can't let that trickle down to the people that you love because in all honesty that's selfish you know that's her day that's her birthday and she deserves a, an amazing fucking day so i can't be the guy to fuck it up because of the fact that i can't get over my mom's death so it took me about 8 years to get over you know, not really get over, but move on. I have moved forward. And those days still affect me, but I've learned to deal with them. I've learned to manage through them to where it does not affect my family's day. Because it's not fair to anybody, to my fucking wife, to my son, to my sister. None of that shit. You know, so when we go through traumatic shit like that, it can change us. It can mold us into a completely different person. But we have to remember that we can't allow it to mold us into a negative or a worse off person. We have to remember that some of the worst things happen for the best reasons. Like dead-ass serious. It's, it's terrible to think about, but when you think about the shit, it's actually true. Because when my mom passed away, I was a pill addict. I had knee surgery in 2007, and next thing you know, 
I was fucking grubbing down 360 fucking Norco 10s a month on top of 180 80 milligram Oxycontins a month. And I was going through them in fucking 20 days and finding other shit on the street. And that's how bad it was. So I had become my mom in a fucking sense. I had become a pill addict because of the doctors and because of my fucking surgery. So that being the case and watching my mom die, when that happened, the first thing I thought of was I'm fucking doing the same thing to my family and I'm going to be doing the same thing to my son. And what I want my son to go through what I had to go through with my mom, fuck no. No matter how much I love my mom, no matter how good of a woman she was, I would never wish what she put me through on my fucking worst enemy because it's horrible. You have to live with it every fucking day. Even after 12 years, I live with every fucking day. I think about my mom. I think about my mom at least once a day. Did, would I want my son to fucking experience that? Fuck no. So literally March 24th of 2009, I said, fuck this, dude. This is done. And I stopped cold turkey taking the fucking Norcos and the Oxycontin. And let me tell you, dude, I had to lock myself in a fucking room. Lock myself in a fucking room, dude. With Okay, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie One Crazy Summer. It has John Cusack in it. It's a fucking great fucking old 80s movie. But I locked myself in a fucking room. I put that movie on repeat, and I detoxed, dude. Three full fucking days, 72 fucking hours. No fucking shit. And let me tell you this. Not only is my mom's death and experience what I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy, but detoxing off of opioids, opiates, I would not wish that on my worst enemy either. That shit was fucking horrible, dude. You literally feel like you have the worst flu in the world. It probably feels worse than the fucking coronavirus. You can't sleep. You have night terrors. Your hands cramped to where they're constantly in a cramped position. You're fucking cold as shit, but you can't stop sweating. And I literally, I remember rolling on the ground at times, literally telling myself, I wish I would just fucking die. Like I've never wanted to die more than when I was detoxing off of opioids. And there's a difference between opioids and opiates. Opiates are, you know, legit like heroin, while opioids are synthetically made from uh, opioids or opiates. Um, and those are like the pharmaceuticals. Those are the opioids. So we have the opioid epidemic taking place right now because everybody and their fucking mom, uh, you know, got prescribed Norcos and shit and they're, just fucking wasted. Even even soccer moms. Like, no matter who you are, you are not... You're always susceptible to that shit if you get prescribed. It's, it's so fucking addictive. But I would never wish that shit on my worst enemy. And after 72 days, I remember the first thing I did was I went outside and I fucking smoked a joint. And when I smoked that fucking joint, dude, I remember thinking in my head, this is the first time in like three fucking years, two years, that I've smoked a joint and just gotten high and felt this good. Like all I felt was the fucking weed. You know, I no longer had any opioids in my system while I was smoking herb. Because when I was on fucking opioids, you think that you're going to be all out of it and you can't do shit. But when it comes to Norcos and Oxycontin, those things, when your body gets used to them, you start going into full effect, like productive mode. Like you'll get everything done in life. It's almost like methamphetamine in a way. That's how it affected me. It made me fucking go. I was fucking gigging, dude. I was like, I fucking can conquer the world, baby. I got all these ideas. I'm fucking cleaning my house. I'm fucking doing this. Fuck yeah. Pop another pill, baby. I'm reading a book. Like it was just, I would have to say that my favorite drug that I ever tried was cocaine. Okay, cocaine is my favorite drug. I, I fucking love Coke. It's it's the best fucking drug ever. And if you don't try cocaine one time in your life, I feel fucking sorry for you. And if there's people listening that are like, you know what, you're an asshole for telling people to try cocaine. You're an asshole for people for telling people not to. 
because they should be able to do what they want with their lives. And if you try a little bit, it's called moderation. You'll be fucking fine. So do some fucking cocaine. Do some fucking yayo. Watch Scarface. Okay. Now, what I don't want you to do is don't fuck with pharmaceuticals. That's where the shit is not cool. But the bad thing is Norcos and Oxycontins were almost tied for how much I loved cocaine. Like literally when those when you mentioned those two drugs, they are the most fun and the best fucking drugs that you can possibly imagine. And that's why, dude, seriously, when I'm fucking 85 years old, okay, cuz 85 years old, that's when life you're you're going to lose the quality of life. I don't give a shit who you are. 85, 87, the quality of life starts dwindling. Okay, you're getting old, you might not be able to drive anymore, it's going to be harder to move around. So on my 85th or my 88th birthday, however, you know, it depends on how healthy I am at the time, I'm having a fucking heroin and a fucking crack party, dude, because I've never tried heroin and I've never tried crack. But guess what? If it wasn't good, if it wasn't fun, then nobody would fucking do it and hella people are addicted. So guess what? That's some fun shit. So 85, you know, 86, 87, possibly 88 years old, you know, depends. Like I said, it, it really depends. It really depends on how uh, fucking healthy I truly am. You know, if I'm actually doing pretty good at 85, I'm not going to ruin my life, you know, at, at 85 years old. But if I'm fucking, you know, like starting to decline at like 85, then guess what? Heroin and crack party, baby. And, and we might even have some hookers there because what's going to happen? Are you going to get AIDS? So what? You're fucking dying anyways, bud. Okay? You lived a great life, dude. Anything after 80 years old, in my opinion, is a fucking great life because you're, you've started deteriorating. And why the fuck wouldn't you want to try something cool? Have the party of your fucking life when you're 85 years old. Have like that Project X type fucking party. You know, like where that kid threw that party at his parents' house and the whole fucking city ended up showing up. You know what? Go to a fucking senior facility care fucking place and you're like, I got fucking H and crack on tap for every single one of us, baby. It's fucking an old people orgy going down. What are you going to do? Fuck it. Everybody's got grannied balls or grannied fucking clits. You might as well fucking get down on it. Get down on it. That's what I'm talking about, man. Fun. So that's my plan. Once I hit that age, that's it. Never tried heroin and crack. I'm trying it, baby. But you know what? We've been going for about an hour. It's been a good conversation. You guys got to know about me a little bit when it comes to, you know, my mom, how I handled the death of my mom, how fucking cool my mom was, how all my fucking friends loved my mom. Um, and there will be plenty of stories to come. I promise you that. I have stories out the fucking ass. So I will be telling some more of those. But be sure, please, I'm asking you uh, the kindness of your heart. Go ahead and make sure that you're subscribed to this on Apple Podcasts. You're following it on Spotify. Uh, if you could, I would truly appreciate a not only a review you know, give me five stars if you can, if you like it, but go ahead and write a review on Apple Podcasts because that boosts this podcast to the new and noteworthy. And that's where we want it to go because, like I said, we want this podcast, baby. We want this podcast to go places, all right? And then one day we're going to have some guests. Uh, you know, once this podcast gets large enough and I can actually, you know, I have a, a following that I've created, um, I am definitely going to be doing another podcast. Uh, which will incorporate nothing but interviews. So um, I have a lot of plans, but the first thing I have to do is focus on this podcast in general. So share it with your friends, subscribe, give it a rating, write a review. Um, and remember, I seriously fucking love y'all, man. From the bottom of my heart, anybody that's given me support, anybody that's listening to my podcast, you don't even know how much I fucking appreciate you because you guys are the reason why this podcast will, in fact, grow. You guys are the reason why this podcast is doing as well as it is right now. And 
I'm so fucking grateful for that. I truly appreciate it. So I'll be doing another podcast soon. We're going to get this shit going. We're going to get some episodes up on here. And we're going to make this shit the next Joe Rogan experience, baby. Watch out. Who knows? I may be on the Joe Rogan show one day, baby. Who knows? You never know. He's going to be like, hey, yo, this dude is fucking cool. I want to teach this kid some shit because I'm still a kid to him because I'm only 40 and he's in his 50s. But he looks like he's fucking goddamn in his 40s because he's a badass. So... All of you have a nice night, a nice evening, a nice day, a nice morning, and be safe through this coronavirus shit. Love everybody around you through this coronavirus shit and support your community, baby, because that's all we can do to get through this bullshit, okay? That's all we can do to get through this shit, and, you know, it all starts with us. I know you don't, Suri, because you're a fucking cunt. See? Did I say Suri one time? No. But she still barges in because she's a woman. And they fucking barge into your conversation. We'll go ahead and end it on that note. Much love. I will see you guys later. Tickle your butthole a little bit.